Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bridget, I think it's time for something new. What? Again, Jim? I mean, we, we always seem to be doing something new. Well, you know, we talked to a lot of experts. We've talked to a lot of people who are very established in their fields. But today we're going to talk to four teenagers, and they're all members of a new group called Civics Unplugged that isn't just some, you know, typical high school extracurricular activity like Model UN or something. This is a group they actually started themselves. I think you'll be surprised at what you hear. Generation Z and the future of our democracy. I've had a lot of friends say, I'm so tired of living through history. And I totally understand that outlook. But I think if you'd asked me six months ago, without all this corona thing going on, if you'd asked me, you know, how pressing is it that we change American democracy, I probably would have told you we should take small steps. But now I'm like, full on, we got to go. It's go time. Get ready. Our show is about fixes. Yeah, how to make the world a better place. How, how do, do we, we fix, fix it? it? How do we fix it? Okay, so what do Cory Booker, Andrew Yang, Steve Ballmer, who was a co-founder of Microsoft, Audrey Tang, the digital minister of Taiwan, and The Rock, the famous retired pro wrestler and actor Dwayne Johnson, all have in common? Well, amazingly, they all spoke last weekend at the two-hour online event called Commence 2030 that was organized by Civics Unplugged. The students behind Civics Unplugged wanted this night to be a kickoff for a campaign they hope to run for a decade, building the democracy we all deserve. There were 200 teenagers from over 39 states taking part, and they're the class of what they call founding fellows who are part of this group, Civics Unplugged. On July 4th, they're signing a group pledge that they call the Civics 2030 Declaration. So we thought it would be a good idea to listen to some of the young people who are involved, in fact, four of them, and we'll hear a lot more about their hopes and plans in this episode. So we broke this up into two sets of interviews, each one with two of these young activists. So in the first set, we hear from Emmy Cho, who's 18. She's from a suburb of Chicago, and Thanasi Delos is 17 from Queens, New York. Emmy answers first. I think it's one thing to have a student who's very passionate about civics education or passionate about politics. 
And it's a completely different thing to try to unite a very good amount of those students virtually and have them sort of enter into this digital community where they can speak with fellow like-minded peers, spearhead initiatives together, and really get great mentorship from motivated adults who say um, the kids will lead. That's basically one of the main quotes of the Civics Unplugged movement is the kids will lead. So it's really nice to have those millennials and those older folks who are faithful to our mission and faithful to our agency. Thanasi, you're the co-founder of Civics Unplugged. How do you define civics? Well, I think in a traditional state, civics, a lot of people think, well, it's voting, going to volunteer. It's just participating in community. And while basically that, that can be the most generalized version of civics, what we think of civics and what the civics we founded Civics Unplugged off of is much more community-based. It's uh, much more of an idea that to be civically involved is so much more than just voting, but it's empowering your fellow community member to be the person that they can be. Emmy, you're from the suburbs of Chicago. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I just recently graduated high school. Um, as for my interests, I've always been very interested in civics. Um, and I guess you could say politics. I've done a lot of model United Nations, lots of debate. I live sort of in an area that's more racially homogenous than most urban parts of the country. Um, and as an Asian American student, I sort of saw a deficit in physical proximity as well as discourse among Asian American youth. So I co-founded an initiative called the Asian American Youth Coalition. So that's something that I'm actually working with right now. So like Emmy, I just graduated high school. I'm taking a gap year to work full time on Civics Unplugged and some other cool stuff. Um, but my career in, I guess, the, the civic politics space started in my sophomore year of high school, where I founded Politicized News. So I wrote about 400 articles over the course of a couple months by myself. And then I started getting my friends to join and all that stuff. And then two years down the line, it became the largest youth-run nonpartisan media organization. There are a lot of groups out there encouraging young people to be involved in civics. How does Civics Unplugged, Emmy, uh, differ from, from other organizations? I mean, what's special about it for you? You see a lot of adults and more frequently a lot of adults in positions of power who are sort of leading those initiatives, who are calling the shots about what those initiatives are doing, who they're serving. And I think for me, it was really refreshing and sort of new to see this fellowship that had a lot of backing from very important companies, very important organizations, but was essentially saying the power is in your hands. We want to see what you do with this opportunity. All of the teenagers who are participating in Civics Unplugged have made a 10-year pledge. Emmy, what's yours? Ooh, my pledge. I specifically wrote a lot about being an understanding citizen for all Americans. So not just people who agree with my political beliefs, not just people who belong to my party, but really sort of a universal respect and understanding of people. I think that's really where real change making begins. Um, and my last sort of goal was saying being American and being proud of it. 
I think there's a lot of aspects of America today that I'm personally not proud of as a Korean American, as a second generation immigrant. So that's really my 10 year plan. At the end stands this idea of being proud of who I am and, and the country I'm from. So, Thanasi, what's your pledge? Providing uh, education and empowering others is what I'm really passionate about. And so to condense mine into a few words, it's to continue to build organizations, uh, platforms, systems that empower others and allow other people to take action and change things and build the future that they want to live in, uh, right? Because it's not my job to lead. Uh, there's enough people already leading that are doing a really bad job. Um, and so I think that it's time to start building for the long term and to start educating and empowering people to be really, really good leaders so that we can be proud of our countries, of our world, of, of the direction we're heading. Civics Unplugged really sets out to be a platform to help people discuss ideas and then enable change. We haven't really talked about specific changes, policy ideas that you might like to see implemented in the real world as you move beyond discussions and really start to affect policy. Emmy, is there something in particular that you're passionate about that you'd like to see change in the world? For me, um, I think one specific thing that I'd like to see addressed is sort of the language barriers, especially in elementary and middle and high schools. And this can be for especially a lot of first-generation immigrants who may not be fluent in English. And there's a great organization called Asian Americans for Justice. And that's one of their key pushes for change is essentially reworking that system and allowing students to have a much more comprehensive educational program in English. You know, having parents who moved here and, and had to learn English, I do think learning the language is one of the most foundational skills and transition periods that a lot of young people go through coming to this country. So it's definitely something I'd like to see reform on. I really think that our education system no longer works for the people that are in it, whether it's teachers, whether it's students. And I think uh, COVID-19 has shown that we cannot give the same amount of education online as we can in person. And that shouldn't be a fact in any modern system. And I think that what we need to do is begin steps to modernize it, to incorporate technology, not just so that kids can take quicker notes, right? But to incorporate technological learning, more STEM learning, to incorporate different languages, different fields of thought, more philosophical education. But I really hope that with a new generation of teachers coming in and a new generation of administrators, we can start pushing the education system forward so that kids don't have to go to external programs to learn basic things about themselves and about the world they live in. Civics Unplugged is just wrapping up a pretty dramatic week. One of the projects you've been working on is a, uh, a mission statement for everybody to sign. What are some of the elements? Emmy, do you want to start off on that? The declaration. Are you mentioning the declaration? The, I'm sorry. I, let me. Let me. I, I meant declaration. Yeah. I'm. I, I, I'll, I'll rephrase the question. The nice thing about recording a podcast is we get to to uh, have 
do-overs. And, yeah, and, 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 and Jim and I get to sound better than we actually are in real life. <laughs> we, we, we have an editor who cuts out all the dumb things we say. Ah, uh, that's so, great. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had that in the rest of my life. Anyway, so <laughs> Civics Unplugged is wrapping up uh, kind of a capstone week right now. And one of the projects you've been working on is coming up with a declaration for all the members to sign. What has that process been like and what are some of the elements that are likely to be in the finished declaration? Um, right now we have uh, seven sections of, of the declaration. And I think a huge part of it is finding words and phrases that define what we're striving for. One of them includes the definition of a thriving democracy. I think democracy is a word that we, you know, throw around, but what does it actually mean and what does it mean for a democracy to thrive? So the Civics 2030 campaign is is centered around highlighting civic superheroes, which are just everyday people in society that that go above and beyond for their community. And um we go through the the virtues of what it means to be a civic superhero and what it means to go to those great lengths to strengthen democracy. And that's really what we're trying to do is, is just trying to get everybody involved in this gargantuan task to fix American democracy. And I think that these words can help do that. And, and who is one of your civic superheroes? This is a tough question. Yeah, we ask them sometimes. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> once in a while, uh, we, we, we stump our guests. I think so. I'll go local. One of my civic superheroes um, is my mom, who uh, works at Elmhurst Hospital in Queens, New York. It was the hardest hit uh, COVID hospital in New York City, and she every day, twenty four seven, was was there um, helping out. And Elmhurst Hospital is not a very uh, wealthy hospital, doesn't have that much money, and they really worked overdrive. So everybody there and my mom and all of her friends, those are my civic superheroes. Anything else that you guys wanted to mention that, that we we failed to ask you? We have a lot of resources in this country. I think we have a lot of funding. And at this point, it's really not a question of whether we have enough. It's about where is it going to and who are the people who are being given those resources, being given a voice, a platform to stand on. And I think to understand that and to sort of internalize that paradigm shift of it's not about more, more, more. It's about who. And and to internalize that, I think, is really a great first step in making effective change, making inclusive change in this country. Thanks very much. Thanasi and Emmy, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so for much having for us. having us. This was amazing. Yes, well, good luck with your continuing work, and hopefully you'll be able to get out and enjoy at least part of your summer. Yes. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I sure hope so. Emmy Cho and Thanasi Delos. Coming up next, our interview with two more fellows at Civics Unplugged. It's How Do We Fix It? I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. 
burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're back with our discussion about Civics Unplugged. And now we hear from two more of the young fellows of the organization. Zoe Jenkins is 16 years old from Lexington, Kentucky. Nor Mrian is also 16 and lives in the suburbs of Chicago. First, we asked Zoe to tell us more about the organization Civics Unplugged. So Civics Unplugged is a nonpartisan, nonprofit, digitally powered community that provides leaders of Gen Z training, funding, and support to strengthen American communities and democracies. So for training that really comes through the fellowship, we do a lot of personal development, um, figuring out our civic purpose and where we fit in with our own values and passions and talents. Um, that support, so we're talking like money and networking, a lot of that comes through our Civics 2030 campaign, which is providing funds and mobilizing them so that Gen Zers can actually scale their projects. Noor, tell us about your Civics 2030 project. But before you tell us what you're doing, what is that concept? Yeah, so um, Civics 2030 is kind of Civics Unplugged's um, like 10-year plan and like campaign for what we want American democracy to look like in the future. So um, in doing that, our hope is that we can empower and inspire all of these Gen Z leaders that have so much potential um, to build that future that they see. Let's get a few examples. Noor, what's your project? What are you working on now? So I was part of the launch committee to help, you know, get things going, get the ball rolling. Um, and so the declaration, obviously, we're all going to be a part of signing that as well. But in terms of the projects associated with Civics Unplugged that I was associated with um, was Civics Unplugged Summer Camp. Um, and so one of the things that me and a few of the other fellows noticed is that in light of COVID-19, so many cancellations happened. Um, and already for high school students that um, kind of have limited opportunities in terms of internships and things like that, um, we wanted to give a platform for students to harness their passions and discover more about themselves and learn who they are and who they want to be. And we have about 100 campers now, which is super exciting. Zoe, how about you? Yeah, um, so my Civics 2030 project is DICE, which stands for Diversity, Inclusion, Cultural Competency, and Equity. Uh, this was just kind of a dream of mine, um, probably starting in like early March. Um, I just saw in my own school that students weren't being trained in diversity and inclusion. And when students uh, would report that to the school, that there were all these microaggressions or students using the N-word, their response was essentially that we can't do anything. You know, we can't teach our students about that. That falls on their parents. Um, but I really do think that schools and students have a responsibility to educate each other. Um, on how we can be more anti-racist and how we can be more inclusive. And so the goal of DICE is to create that curriculum and that programming. One of the parts of Civics Unplugged is each of you have made a 10-year pledge. 
Zoe, what's yours? Um, so my 10-year pledge centers a lot on my work with DICE. You know, by the end of 2030, I really want to see DICE curriculum um, embedded in at least 20 schools, which can look in a lot of different ways. So if you just have students in 20 different schools who are able to share that, that's one way. But it's also just students who can share that to clubs and organizations to get that spread around the country. You see a lot of people throwing around how we want equality right now. And while equality is important, I think given our centuries of um, just oppressing different people groups, that equity, which is you know providing more resources for the people who need it the most, is what we really need to be pursuing to have a flourishing democracy. Zoe, you mentioned the challenge of collaborating uh, in order to get things done. And, and part of that means collaborating with people who you might not agree with on certain really fundamental issues. What have you learned about about doing that? What? Um, I think a lot of what collaboration is, is looking past the things that divide us. And I think that's something that's really admirable about the Civics Unplugged communities, that if you watch comments, we had people who were conservative leaning. We had Joel Searby and Benji Backer. And while I'll say many of the fellows are probably more liberal leaning, we idolize those people just as much as we idolize Cory Booker and Andrew Yang. And it's because these people are working to make a difference and to better people's lives. Um, there are a lot of people on both sides of the aisle or in the middle who care a lot about making the world a better place. And I think that that's where collaboration starts is just wanting to make progress and not getting bogged down in the gridlock that we're seeing um, kind of in all of our political systems. Zoe, you mentioned our mission statement on how do we fix it, which is that we, we try and bring people together uh, uh, to share ideas that make the world a better place. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> and, and Richard, if I could jump in. So I actually interviewed Benji Backer um, a, a couple of months ago for an article I was doing. And to let our readers know, he's a, he's a recent college graduate who leads a conservative organization that fights for... Uh, solutions to climate change and other environmental issues. But he's a real conservative. He's not, you know, just some super moderate um, person. What's it like to, to interact with somebody like that in your in your setting? Um, I can address that a little bit. Um, so I know that at least especially here in Kentucky, there is a severe divide between people who are left leaning and are more like considered more to be activists and people who are more right leaning and considered to not be seen as activists. And I think that's just a really dangerous mindset. Um, I think that there are a lot of people in this world who want to make a difference and your um, political beliefs um, do not necessarily have to inform the kind of progress that one can make in certain regards. Um, I know that I've been a part of organizations where I heard people essentially say, we don't want to have conservatives in this movement. And I left those organizations after um, joining Civics Unplugged because I quickly realized that it doesn't really matter your political leanings. You can really, you really can believe in progress. And I think another thing too is the idea that we even distinguish people into these two camps in the first place, um, because there are a lot of people who, while they may um, identify with one party, they identify with certain aspects of the other party. Um, but there's such a big culture around like you're either in one camp or the other, and you have to hate one another. I think that that's uh, that defeats any progress that we're trying to make. Both of you guys have been talking about Gen Z. Uh, what does that term mean, apart from merely describing the name of your generation? Yeah, um, I can go for that if you're cool with mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's like the date range, right? So it means you're born from this time to this time. But um, personally, Gen Z is 
it is the future, you know, like we are the next generation that's going to be like leaders and speakers and people who are supposed to inspire other people. We're supposed to be like the most diverse generation. We're supposed to be um, the most like progressive in terms of beliefs that we have and things like that. Do you think your generation is more politically involved and, and maybe more practically oriented than, for instance, millennials or or Gen Xers? I think part of it is that we have to be, you know, and I think a lot of what shapes Gen Z and our political involvement is that so much of this is of what's going right now is going to determine how the rest of our lives play out. Um, and we just have so much of that future ahead of us. You know, it would defeat us to not fight for what we think, what change we, we think needs to be seen. Zoe, uh, you have a podcast that's called Get Schooled, which I was really impressed with. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, so the Pritchard Committee Student Voice Team in Kentucky is all about amplifying and elevating the voices of students in education decision making. So we launched the podcast in um, mid-October. And, you know, this semester, so from January to May, we were wanting to really focus on school climate. Um, those plans changed a little bit <laughs> with, you know, the pandemic. And so we've really kind of switched gears to um, kind of covering more of student voice teams study on how students are coping with COVID-19, but also about um, school resource officers um, in Kentucky schools. It's been said that students are the most valuable and least consulted education policy experts in America. Uh, talk about the importance of, of your voice in the education reform debate. Yeah, um, I think we have a saying around student voice team that students go to school for 35 hours a week. They are an expert in their education because that's all they do. Um, and so it's so important that when we're making school decisions that we include students in those decisions. Um, just because I can't count how many times that teachers or administrators just think, oh, the students will do better if we do this or the students will like this. But students have a really unique perspective on their education, but it's also, we're also educating students. You know, like this education is for them and we shouldn't be doing things for people just for them um, if they're the main stakeholders. We need to be doing them with them and making those decisions concurrently. How urgent do you feel uh, is now the need to do something about our democracy compared to say how you felt six months ago before coronavirus. Yeah, I've had a lot of friends say like, oh, like I'm so tired of living through history, you know, like, and I totally understand that outlook. But I think if you'd asked me six months ago without all this corona thing going on, if you'd asked me, you know, how pressing is it that we change American democracy, I probably would have told you, you know, like we should take small steps. But now I'm like, full on, we got to go. It's go time. Get ready. Just because I think we learned so much about what's lacking in our government in terms of how they've responded or maybe not have to certain things that are going on. Zoe, you talked a little bit about the challenge and importance of collaboration and getting a diversity of voices in the room to, to grapple with some of these issues. But groups of people also need leaders. Do you see yourself as a leader? Um, I like to see myself as a leader, um, but 
this is something I always say on the podcast team too, that I am leading from behind. So I'm getting people who are really good at what they're doing and I'm elevating them as much as I can with my own skill set. Um, but I know that I single-handedly can't change our systems. And I think that that's kind of part of the beauty of Civics Unplugged is that even though we're all starting our projects and the course, you know, they have their stamp, they're funding us. A lot of Civics Unplugged is just elevating us. You know, if people have an idea, they're like, hey, how can we help you, you know, get this idea um, off and going? They're not overcorrecting us. They're not changing it into something that they want to see. A lot of it is you guys are the future and you're determining your direction and we're just going to help you get there. Um, so while I do see myself as a leader, um, I think I like the term like amplifier more. I'm just here to help um, kind of elevate other people and their work as well. Okay, this is fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank yeah, you. Thank we're, you. We're, we're very grateful to you. Thanks a lot. And, and we wish you all the best. And hopefully we'll check in with you and, and in, in, a, in a few years and see what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Right? <laughs> Norm Rian and Zoe Jenkins. Our conversation coming up. But first, a recommendation. What do you have for us this week, Richard? Why We're Polarized is a recent book by Ezra Klein, who is the editor-at-large and co-founder of Vox, the online news and comment site. And it's a, it's a fascinating book about uh, the political system that's polarizing us and uh, some explanations, most of which I buy. Uh, there are things in this book I really disagree with. Uh, it definitely is written from a very liberal perspective, an urban perspective, but he's a really good writer and it, it hums along and Klein's observations about what's wrong with the media are particularly telling. Let's talk just for a few moments about Civics Unplugged. Apart from how articulate they are, I was struck by three things. First, their sense of what leadership is, that it's about collaboration rather than simply leading from the front. And then the commitment to diversity, which really seems genuine. In fact, 124 of the first 200 fellows of Civics Unplugged are non-white. And then third, there's this sense that the response to the current crisis of coronavirus, Black Lives Matter, and more uh, is, is, is not just to have incremental change, but something much more fundamental and, and serious. You mentioned uh, diversity, and diversity means a lot more than just checking off all the appropriate boxes of race and gender and sexual orientation. It also means diversity of ideas, and much to their credit, they've made a real effort to do this. And, and I think that's really uh, something that should be applauded, and I thought that their spirit of open-mindedness was really very refreshing at a time when there are so many forces going in the opposite direction. I agree. It's How Do We Fix It? I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. Our producer is Miranda Schaefer. This podcast is a production of Davies Content. We make podcasts for companies and nonprofits. More at DaviesContent.com. And as always, thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the Democracy Group. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.